the heart of Shasha. Pulse 95. A story to tell. Pulse 95 Live from Exposure 2019. Pulse 95 in the frame. Yes, this is live from Exposure. It's Pulse95 in the frame. And, you know, we were talking about photography and how it changes the way we view the world. Time-lapse photography is such a brilliant way to tell a story. Apart from the satisfying feel of watching a photo evolve so quickly, you know, right in front of your eyes, it does make us think a little bit more deeply about our place in the world. And to tell us more about the beauty of uh, time-lapse photography, we have with us today the photographer Vino Sedajic. Yes, he is a Slovenia, Slovenian time-lapse cinematographer, a specialist filmmaker, and a fine art photographer who is currently based here in the UAE. And the most amazing part is that he's a recurring uh, guest here uh, and trainer educator at the Exposure You're right here in the heart of Sharjah. Yes, he has been there for the four editions, watched Exposure uh, grow as he grew with it. Uh, welcome to the studio, Bino. It's such an honor having you with us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so one, one important question that I think uh, everyone who has seen your photos would be asking is all about the framing and camera angles because so many of your photographers photographs beauty uh, lies in the angle that you choose to take it from and one example that I've seen is the dizzying perspective of your New York of uh, the New York skyscrapers and the way you chose to take the picture from below so can you tell us a little bit about uh, your framing techniques and what your advice would be uh, for anyone who wants to you know replicate your style um be brave essentially <laughs> because uh, if you have fear of heights, I think you're going to have a problem taking pictures from the rooftops and from helicopter where mm. I'm finding myself quite often with a camera. Um, but the reason I like this particular perspective is because I found out that it is not easily replicated. Mm. Uh, vantage points from the ground, yes, you can very easily, uh, but from a rooftop and a helicopter in particular, where your vantage point is constantly changing, you are always... Uh, is there a story that you're trying to tell with Yes, every you're trying angle? to tell a story and you're trying mm. to tell it in a very unique way. Mm. So the framing is everything when it comes to this particular type of uh, photography. It excites me because I never know what I'm going to get. Uh, I try to choose really dramatic time of the day, which is usually early in the morning or late in the afternoon, mm. where the sun is the really low. Hour. Your golden hour, you get really long, very dramatic uh, light, long, dramatic shadows. Um, and everything tends to look a lot better at this particular time of the day. Actually, I feel your work really pays off because when I've seen some of these pictures, especially the really intense low angle ones, it kind of it kind of has that feeling of you really standing in front of the skyscraper itself and really looking at, at you know above and seeing that the, the monstrosity of it. It's almost going to like fall right at you. And yeah, the idea is that it induces a slight feeling of vertigo. Yeah, and but, uh, you cannot. Vertigo, yes, of yeah. course, you cannot get a feeling of uh, of the height of the tower if you're standing very far from it. If you're taking a shot, the proper architectural shot, we call it the elevation shot. Mm -hmm. The real drama of height is when you're on top of it, looking straight down, or right next to it, looking straight up. So you so get this perspective real. combined with the clouds and uh, towers in relation to other structures. They give you a true sense of scale. Mm. Well, you know, uh, we actually uh, want to talk more about your workshop because you are, you, 
you have numerous awards in photography and and you, your exhibitions are basically exhibited in a lot of art galleries and you've, you've even sold publications of your work. And you've been here uh, for a very long time in the UE, right? In fact, since 91, but actually I've been photographing for about 10 years, yeah. very seriously. And before that, I was still involved in architecture, but as an architectural visualizer, yeah. as a person working with computers and design and buildings out of imagination. And speaking of architecture, uh, besides the neighboring Emirates, I'm sure uh, Sharjah in particular has evolved over the years. And A lot. If there's something that, in Sharjah especially, that fascinates you, what would it be? Uh, obviously skyscrapers. <laughs> this is the first thing I would notice. And like I've said, so many have been built in the past five years. And I have done certain uh, assignments in this mm. particular uh, uh, city and area. And uh, yeah, I was impressed. That's and I've done some aerial shoots as well with a helicopter, and I just literally could not believe how much was built. That's good to hear. Mm. But uh, when you, what's intriguing is for us creators as well, you know, when you come to the decision to say, I want to capture this photo, I want to capture this particular architecture, how does that thought process come with your planning? Because obviously here in the United Arab Emirates, we have to <laughs> think about the weather conditions as well, if it's going to be well, favorable. Well, not just, you have to have permissions, obviously, yes, because exactly. you cannot just go on a rooftop. This takes probably about 70% of my time yep. in any given shot. Uh, just trying to get on the rooftop or trying to get on a helicopter. This is the main, the main problem. And then once you have that, if all things come together and you don't have the right weather, there's that as well. So all of, things, all of these things, all these parameters have to sort of line up. And that, from my experience, rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Definitely. Well, yeah. we've got a time now for a short break, but uh, before we go into the short break, I'm very intrigued about the title of this workshop, mm -hmm. the yeah. editing controversial or not. Well, <laughs> we'll be getting all the details from Benno right here, right after the break. So stay tuned only here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live from Exposure 2019. Pulse 95. In the, frame. in the frame. Hello and welcome back to Pulse 95 in the frame. We're live across the UAE right here at the Exposure 4th Edition 2019. There's tons of seminars, workshops, and art galleries galore. And we're with one of the masterminds of visual art and uh, time lapse, Benno Saradich. And uh, speaking of time lapse, uh, you've been here for almost uh, about two decades in the UAE. And you could say that your experience, you know, seeing how UAE has over time grown, I mean, now you can think of it as a big time lapse, right? So Aisha, uh, Omnia has a question. So used to <laughs> Omnia has a question about time lapse and uh, we'd like your input on that. So I was honestly fascinated by your work. Looking through it, I, I couldn't help but notice uh, your work that won you uh, the Hamdan International Photography Award in the time-lapse uh, category. So you were able to capture the beauty of an entire emirate in, I think, not less, not more than 24 seconds or a minute. So in not less than a minute. Uh, and it was just very satisfying to witness. So I think what would be interesting to know is what is your thought process from start to finish when it comes to the time-lapse and how uh, how tiring could it be on uh, a person I mean your life is basically dedicated to just capturing how time evolves while time passes you well I like it because it is in fact um, like looking at magic it is shooting something that you really can't see 
you're shooting something you can't see until it's actually developed in a computer. And that takes time, because in most cases when I'm shooting time lapses, I'm not really anticipating properly what I'm going to see until the film is fully processed so and rendered. No, I get these surprises happen. all the time. And because you're taking pictures at a certain interval, mm -hmm. things are happening in between those frames that only become visible once the film is done. And that could be, in fact, days. So these little surprises is what I'm looking forward to. And I'm sure it takes a lot of faith in, in your own work that hopefully in post-production something pans out well from. Well, faith comes out of practice. If you practice a lot, that amount of faith sort of drops and you start to rely on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the whole process takes a lot of time. You've got to be patient. You're taking individual frames, you're not making a film. And all those thousands of frames then later on have to be assembled into a film Yes, this is, this is the part that I'm looking forward to in the end, the, the rewarding part. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, a rewarding experience, we want to uh, encourage all our listeners and people visiting the exposure for your upcoming workshop called the Master Camera Raw Editing. Benno, I'd like you to tell me a little bit about this. Okay, the reason I've decided to do this is because I realized that when I'm working in assignments or for fun, about 70% of my work is always in the post. So obviously the way a picture looks in the end is primarily the way you actually finish it on a computer. Mm -hmm. Yes, 30%, very, very important, is how you frame, how you visualize your picture, but it's not going to look like the way it looks in the end unless you're really good at what you do with computer. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing because, you know, typically you'd hear photographers uh, focus a lot on taking the photo, but not many talk about the process that goes after doing it. It is very important. Uh, if you look at masters of photography like Ansel Adams, the greatest landscape photographer that ever lived in a previous century, he spent an upwards of 12 hours a day in the darkroom. Even though he spent a lot of hours shooting uh, outside as well, he was never quite happy with the way his negatives looked like mm -hmm. until he really put some serious sweat and effort in the darkroom and he would keep coming back to his negatives year after year until he achieved the look that he thought was the right one. Actually, it draws, uh, photography almost draws parallel to filmmaking. Uh, a really good example is the first Star Wars movie. When it was made, uh, they, the, and before post-production, uh, it looked like an absolute mess and a failure of a film, but George Lucas's wife uh, took it upon herself to work vigorously on the post-production and reshuffle the scenes and uh, really organize the story arcs and became what it is the you know the most iconic sci-fi movie out there. Of course. So sci you know in post-production, it's almost like you're you're recreating the product all over from scratch. So I'm sure that's something that is very familiar to you when you when you Absolutely. do your Absolutely, and I know that part of the story with Lucas. He did it with a very small budget, and mm -hmm. nobody in Hollywood believed in him until the first movie actually came out and the rest was sort of history. But yeah, um, I know that a lot of work will have to be done after I actually take picture. What do you focus on in post-production? Just achieving my vision. Mm -hmm. I, I, I sort of know what I'd like to achieve before I actually take the shot. I don't just go out and take a picture. I know what I want. Mm -hmm. So I take my picture and I know that there is a lot of work that needs to be done before I actually get to that point. And this is what I'd like to actually show you in, during that edit session. that. Uh, there is a lot more in your digital negative, which is the camera raw file, than you think. I mean, you, you must have taken picture, for example, of a sunset in the past, mm -hmm. and you know what a sunset looks like. Yeah. You look at your picture, it doesn't look like that. True. The sky is always washed out and the foreground is black. I teach you how to achieve that picture, to see it the way your eye did. 
Well, here from the mastermind, the multi-award visual artist, a film filmmaker, he's going to have his workshop. It's called the Master Camera Raw Editing. It's going to be at 5.30, and uh, it's only for $90, a small price to pay for a brief yet intensive course, crash course, from the legendary Benno Zardic himself. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank thank you, you for joining us, and it's a pleasure to have you on air with us. Thank you very much again. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95 with a story to tell.